Hello and welcome at Book Lovers Companion. My name is Edith and right next to me is my lovely co-host, the Chattering Teacup. Hello. And here with us from Tennessee, Western horror author B.L. Blankenship. Hello and welcome at Book Lovers Companion. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here. And let's start the first question I have for you is in your author page or your author page on Amazon says Western horror and splatter punk author. I mean, Western horror, I get splatter punk. What is splatter punk? You, you know, it's really a versatile thing. The uh, the phraseology for it, it kind of goes back to like the 1980s, you know, like the cheap Friday the 13th type movies. Mm -hmm. So there's blood, there's gore, all that. Death's Head Press, when that was a thing, now it's Dead Sky Publishing um, is, is what that's evolved or morphed into. Um, they started a thing called Splatter Westerns. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's almost, it, and it's brilliant because it's like a different, We're going to call Western horror a different thing. We're going to call them splatter westerns because they're just really violent. But at the same time, whereas they were calling their books splatter western one, two, three, four, then they could say we're at the absolute top of that market. Mm -hmm. Now you have different things like Godless Horror, D&T Publishing, and what have you, that uh, other people are writing books and calling them splatter westerns, and they're being thrown into the mix, even though they've, mm -hmm. they've got to hold up against like about 13 really tough um, books in um And my anthologies, uh, Shut Up and Bleed, and A Book Without a Name, I have various people that have worked with Death's Head Press in there. Um, well, I, I'm not considered like the king of Western horror or anything. That's <laughs> Joe Lansdale, by the way. Unless you wonder. That's, Joe Lansdale has written about as many Western horror books as I have, but that's just like a tiny bit of books that he's um, written, uh, movies that he's done even. he He's Bubba Hotep and... And all sorts of stuff. He lives down in Texas, but um, so he's he's that you know. I have been the Western horror aficionado, like just right out the gate. Mm -hmm. um, my Twitter page is like I find all on it. You know what are movies? What are games? Um, people that hadn't heard of it, and you know when I say Western, I mean like cowboys. Uh, I mean I mean like the American Civil War. I mean what what most movies. You know when you hear it's a Western mm -hmm. only, it's also horror, uh, which is easy to do in the 19th century because it was really awful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, your field of expertise, it also says history, demonology, theology, and culture. Your time you said your books uh, around wars or is the civil war our question would be what especially draws you just to this time period i just think that it's really fascinating there were so many innovations in medicine and communication um uh that that the world kind of kind of came together more you know like french fashion was coming over here to America. I mean, you had all this industrial trade. Uh, it was the first time that the president, it was Lincoln, of course, um, had ever had that much power and control um, because of the telegraph, because mm -hmm. he could say something, he could know what was going on so absolutely far away and his hand would mm -hmm. would stretch. I, I know here in America that he's, he's kind of made like a martyr or a symbol. There were people that really didn't like him at that time. He would shut down newspapers that didn't agree uh, with with uh, with him, not that wouldn't push his agendas. He would shut them down. 
Um, uh, he, um, he was found uh, doing water torture on someone from England. Um, you know, anyone that wasn't like hardline Lincolnite that was in the North. I mean, they were persecuted um, for that. You know, Maryland, it's kind of iffy. I mean, I can't really say 100% true and sure that they may have wanted to go with the mm -hmm. South and everything. But there's enough for you to believe that that's highly possible. And they were so tiny and based on where they were geographically that just wasn't allowed to happen even though that's where the first bloodshed was and uh the uh, you know normally known as the american civil war but the war of northern aggression the war for southern rights the war of the states whatever that war um that where they were it was it was something um and and you know that there were a lot of variables in that war if you were in the south who you're just trying to secede which has happened with a lot of nations like all over the world there, um, in the history of the world, there's been a lot of places that had wanted to secede mm -hmm. from other nations, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a war over it. There doesn't have to, I mean, like, have to 100% be a war over it. Um, it it would have caused a lot of uh, financial uh, issues. You know, they would have been, like, in competition, the, mm -hmm. the North mm -hmm. and the South would. The North very industrial and the South very agricultural. Um, the South was the, you know, the cotton thing. That was that was where they were really making their money. And uh, when the war went on, just to stay out of that, I know that England and other places, they went to, like, Egypt and India to uh, to get cotton because blockades. Yeah. It, it made yeah. it, it made it hard, the, the supply and demand. But yes, yeah, so, so there was all kinds of things. So if you were in the South, you know, um, regardless of, of the, the slave thing, which, of course, that that is an important issue. But you don't find that everybody in it, that that was their thing. Certainly there were different people that were getting into things for different reasons. But you were being invaded. Mm -hmm. uh, your homeland was being invaded. You were having soldiers coming across your property, taking your stuff. You you can see how, how there would be a different feeling when you were being invaded yeah. or when you're traveling from your home to go somewhere that you've never been to uh, to go to shooting and killing and, and whatever. And there were certainly people on both sides that were, were good, I would say, people. And there were people on both sides that were bad people. There were some people in the uh in the war that just joined up just to kill people and and you get that in the military through there's there's just yeah, some terrible sure. people yeah. that um yeah. champ ferguson was uh one for the confederacy and he he was bad uh he, he was a bad dude he um he went into somebody's house that was sick and on military leave mm -hmm. and you know he knew him had known him all his life and he <laughs> just said hey to the wife she's eating an apple walked in there and just slit, slit the guy's throat so Oof. yeah you had you had bummers from the north um, they would, uh, they, they weren't like army army, but they were, they would just kind of go in and break and enter and all that, you know, uh, mm -hmm. home invasion, mm -hmm. you know, what, what have you, I have a story about that and shut up and believe mm -hmm. by the way. And then in the South, you would have bushwhackers, which, you know, it's, it's like, this is our home turf. So we, we can go home and we can sleep, but we can just like, you know, go and do things that seem advantageous or because mm -hmm. they want to, if, you know, I mean, if they wanted to really be, you know, a bad dude, mm -hmm. um, but they were on their home base and they would just kind of, you know, jump out of the woods and bang, 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 and then, <laughs> then just, you know, hightail at home. So they weren't living the hard life of a soldier, um, you mm -hmm. know, lot, lots of, lots of things. But yeah, I think that it's really a lot of interesting dynamics. They begin prosthetics then. Uh, mm -hmm. of, of course, uh, guns was yeah. uh, was a thing because they started out, you know, where it's black powder. And um, <laughs> then you had the Henry rifle. 
that came out. It's it's the it's how the West was won. You know, I mean they've they've got a gun that can shoot ten shots, and then the North a dentist um, because he's like, we need to stop all of this human life from being lost. So he's wanting to assume that people are just generally good, um, and he makes the Gatlin gun. His last name was Gatlin. And um, they just the North doesn't just go to recalling troops. It's just like whatever. They just go to killing more people. There were a few places where those wound up that were land battles, but mostly mm-hmm. they were on like naval mm-hmm. vessels. But mm-hmm. but there were a few places where you know they're cranking that gun. So you've got somebody there. Just picture they can fire one to two shots a minute. You know they got the black powder and they're they're yeah, they're doing yeah, yeah. All, all that. And and then you've got somebody that's just um. That is horror. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it yeah. That's it. it seems a bit unfair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, war is is oftentimes an innovator, so to yeah. speak. I mean, come to think of World War One as well, innovation shortly before and during the war changed the whole, the whole, the whole war completely. I, I mean, in, on on an on an industrial level. Yeah, but I also think for for medicine because yeah. there's a lot they have to do and they yeah. develop new. Ways, yeah, I think to cope. There's a lot of scholars that really talk about the um, the Civil War, and they talk about was the North doing a war of attrition or a war of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. The term "total war" has been brought out by some people because of Sherman and and, and such that um, we're going to crush the common man. Which that mm-hmm. that was something that people just didn't do. It just seemed really yeah. uncouth to uh, to attack civilians. And all that, and because of precedences like that that were that were set by the Union uh, doing it that that won, of course, um, you see certain things that happened in the Spanish American War and World War One, and really and truly World War Two, yeah. where you know yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where the those were civilian. To, I mean, ju- just you know, um, yeah. it, it's it's awful, and yeah. you know, and 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 of course the. The American or winning side type things. Well, we won. It, it saved our lives. But but I mean, you know, you're killing women and children, and 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 I mean, and it's it's just like you know, gee, um, mm-hmm. it's not military targets. It's mm-hmm. it's blowing up whole cities. You know, somebody's there doing the laundry or going to church or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, minding their own business, crossing yeah. the street, and and yeah. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, a lot a lot of places were that way. But it's totally easy to write. Because of that, and then you have all these in- innovations. And where I I study history a lot, um, I tie things like that into it because I feel like it makes it more tethered. It seems less fictional, even mm-hmm. though the stories are fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, God walks the dark hills is, is certainly the um, central canon, mm-hmm. I guess, of my whole like Western horror universe. So you have this character Chike Ban Cole, who who later receives the name Reginald Beauregard Valencia. Uh, there's a lot of complications with that. But, I mean, he he becomes kind of like a killing machine kind of yeah. Batman, but he's swaying yeah. between good and evil, and I don't want to give too much <laughs> away there. I, I will say that he gets nicknamed the Shadow Man by kids, and he's he's um, he's had a lot of things happen to him, and he's uh, been bent and warped and shaped into something. But there's a lot of lot of cool characters. Uh, his his mm-hmm. son... Um, who uh, fights with a Kasuri Gama? He pops up in um, in book four. That's mm. that's a Japanese weapon. It's a sickle with a with a chain on it. That's okay. you know it, it sounds really samurai esque. Yeah, but uh, the Boshin War. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the okay. the Boshin War happened just after the American Civil War, and I have a guy that was involved in that. That was mm-hmm. um, a Shinsengumi that uh, 
that trains him. So I kind of have a little Kung Fu Western going <laughs> on there. But I think the Boshin War was neat because there was a ship that was built for the Confederacy that mm-hmm. didn't ever make it. The Union got it. And the Emperor of Japan brings in this Ironside ship and it's just blowing to pieces Japanese junks. Um, that war was a little bit different. There's there's a commonality between that and the war that happened here in America only because you kind of have sovereign states, but it's under warlords in Japan and you have an emperor that wants to unite them together. Uh, beyond that, there were different things with it, but he mm-hmm. wanted to he wanted to bring it all together, which is the same thing that Lincoln wanted to do in America. Um, Japan was really, really far behind because they kind of wanted to be like an island, you know, off to their self. And, um, you know, war, like you said, it, it does force innovation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why all of these other things mm-hmm. existed, mm-hmm. you know, in America mm-hmm. and in England and different, but because, you know, it's going to war with each other and Japan's is kind of off there in a corner by itself. And they, they didn't have to go to do that because nobody's like really firing, you know, machine guns at them or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. True. Yeah. And sorry, tick up. Go on. Yeah. This time period seems horrific, horrific by itself. Yes. So setting horror stories there, does it make it more difficult because you have to make it worse or is it easy because it's already so horrific? I I think that it creates an ease to the environment. Um, you know, so people, people that don't write a lot of times don't get this. You know, I guess they think that Stephen King dresses up like a clown and hides out in the sewer. <laughs> but, but you... you You imagine things like that, you know, so, so say, say I was writing something in this time period, which I totally could. I'm not, I'm not trapped in a box. Um, it would be a lot harder to do the things that could be done. I'm, I'm talking like serial murder, spree killing, whatever, that could be done in that time period now because there's cameras everywhere. Mm. Um, you know, even if you drove to another state, Uh, or whatever, you're going to get caught by a camera somewhere and wind up on on nationwide news, wind mm. up on the internet. Does anybody know this guy? You know, I, I mean, unless you're Amish. <laughs> you know, what what are the chances that, that you're not going to get identified by somebody in whatever community that you live? People say, well, they work at such and such or, or, or what have you. It was easier to hide um, then there were there were a lot of things that that people just didn't think went on. Um, mm. There was a serial killing family, which I have a short story about in one of my books, um, and uh, they're known as the Bloody Benders. And uh, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre esque, by the way, a, li- a little bit. They would kill people and they would rob them. They would invite them in to eat, and they had like this curtain. Um, and my short story with that, by the way, is called Behind the Veil. And the dad or the son would get behind the curtain with a hammer. And, you know, the the floozy daughter who, uh, you know, she did divination and all kinds of stuff, but she would lure them in with her female wiles. Um, and they they would come in and, you know, and she's kind of entertaining slash distracting them. And they would clunked in the head with a hammer. And then the other person would like cut their throat, whoever. And there was a trap door by where they were sitting and they would just rob them. And it worked out well until they got somebody that was related by uh, Sergeant York. You know, if it's someone that nobody's going to get go to looking for, they were better off. But he, they got a somebody because he was related to a somebody that made it a big deal, and um, that that shut that thing down. But that was in Kansas. That was in Cherryville, 
Kansas, and that was just down the road from where you know Laura Ingle Wilder and all you know Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's where that was. Um, there's a book on Audible called Slaughterhouse on the Prairie, and it's about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, my question would also be: I mean, history is your field of expertise, but are you also a research nerd? Oh, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I just don't know all of these things before I go into that. And I'll think, what about this? So I'll look it up because I don't want to say that something like, you know, real exists, like a bicycle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if it didn't exist uh, then and there in that time, you know, and, and not all of my um Not all of my books have been uh, Western horror per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote a book, and this this was like a controversial thing. I've got a, a revision out now, so all of the ones that people bought, um, which the most people that bought mm-hmm. any of these online are from France. God mm-hmm. bless you if you're watching. <laughs> uh, but jo- Josie Wells rides again because mm-hmm. somebody said that Josie Wells was public domain and he's not. Now, fortunately, I did not get sued. I lost money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I write this book having read this is public domain. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not cease and desist. Take these offline within 30 days. I published for Ingram Spark within 30 days as fast as it could possibly be done. I was ahead of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it got Hold. I now have a new book. Oh, it's a revision of that. I, mm-hmm. I changed the guy's name and I changed some of the things written in the front end on the back cover. Mm-hmm. It's Jody Walls Rides ah, Again. You know, exactly, it's all under the. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it sounds kind of the same, but it's different. So mm-hmm. I won't get sued. Okay. Um, but no, I wrote that to honor the character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then and I'm told, well, you can't do that. Um, well, you can't if it's not public domain. So it's mm-hmm. okay. So I went ahead and I did that. So hopefully those still sell. A, a lot of people really like them. Um, that is a traditional Western. It's actually a late Western uh, mm-hmm. and coming of age. Uh, mm-hmm. Very PG, by the way. If it was made, if it was like a film in the in the eighties, it would have mm-hmm. been G. You know, like Old Yeller, where the kid has to kill the dog, and that's okay to, to, to take the whole family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of. I was born in eighty one. There's a lot of stuff from the eighties that that you know it would get like a way harsher rating now yeah. than um, than it did back then. It's like yeah, that's, a, that's a kids movie, but you know how that was. I mean, there's there's no helmets or no knee pads or or, or whatever. It, You know, it'll make you tough. Exactly. And you wrote um, a warning. Mm-hmm. The book includes heavy tobacco use, gun violence, and some themes which may be unsuitable for young children. Yeah, well, heavy, heavy tobacco use. I mean, you said you were born in 81. Huh, youngster that you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel like I have to say that ju- just, just so it's said yeah, yeah. that it's in there. Yeah, um, but it's, you, it's, like, it's like whatever. But yeah. no... Um, It, yeah, it, it's there's there's a lot of smoking. Be, being born <laughs> in the seventies, like I said, young, young, youngster that you are, <laughs> it makes us laugh because I mean, heavy tobacco use. I mean, come on, when when we were children, the Marlboro Man was still riding, yeah. and uh, it was no problem smoking a cigarette in a film or in TV shows. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget the drinking. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's nowadays you recognize the bad guys. Be- ah, when they're yes. smoking, they're the bad guys. Yes, yes. Yeah. Back then, everyone. Back then, everyone did. 
So, well, yeah. back back in the day, so let, let's let's go back to all this Civil War type <laughs> stuff and everything. You know, um, doctors would say that smoking tobacco was good for your health. You mm-hmm. know, of course, that, of course, that's total garbage. But they would say that they they had cocaine cough powders for kids in the early 1900s. Your kids got a cough, give them some cocaine. That'll make them feel better. Why? Absolutely, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and and you and you can kill like a fly with a shotgun too. Um, but, uh, what, what True. else was True. there? Um, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff, um, that, that was out there heavy. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think it's on, it's on the top of my head. A uh, painkiller. What's the name of oh, it? Pull. Major painkiller. Addictive. Major pain it's an opiate. Uh, it was made from opium. Pull. Pull. Good question. Maybe. Heroin. 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 Mm, yeah. There's absolutely no side effects. The United States health people's no side effects at all. Mm. Everybody do heroin. It's great. I mean, you can look at these vintage ads for that. You know, they'll show like mm. a little kid, like like a cherub-looking kid, and it's like heroin. You know, it's it's great. Um, and you know, and after so many people mm. die, it's yep. it's like right right now. Um, immediately when Diet Coke came out, just you know, Coca Cola Diet mm. Coke. Mm. Immediately when it came out, there were medical reports that that kind of on the front end, but not hardcore, that are like. <laughs> This is given lab rats cancer. This is <laughs> you're drinking cancer, but immediately that got that got quashed mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. though somebody's trying to pay them off because it's like you know enough people haven't like died mm-hmm. from this yet. You know mm-hmm. enough people mm-hmm. aren't lifetime medical patients from drinking this. So l- let's just do that. Um, so I know that the difference in in, in Russia is a hot topic, but to say anything about Russia here d- nowadays, and I don't know how it is in the rest of Europe. But in America, you can have a microwave. But in Russia, they're banned because they're supposed to be so bad. Like if you if yeah. you have water, and if you put like a glass of water in the microwave, and if you pour it on a plant to water the plant, not when it's hot, but after it's cooled, the plant will die because it chemically does whatever you know to the water. I don't know the science. Good. Nope. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. You know, I told my wife, I'm like, I wish we would just get rid of our microwave and use a toaster oven. I think a lot of times things that are like the old school way to do them are a lot of times better. It's like, hey, there's some new thing, but it, it always turns out being bad for you. And uh, now that you mentioned microwaving water, I mean, since you are called teacup and you drink a lot of tea, I always get um, flabbergasted when I see, don't get me wrong, Americans um, putting the um, mugs, mugs into the microwave for the tea. I mean, do you not have electric kettles? That's what we okay. use. So, so <laughs> I am a I am like a heavy tea drinker, by the way. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, what what I do when I make tea is I will boil water on the stove in in the kettle. Um, it it actually goes through a water purifier. Because mm-hmm. you know the we have city water and they'll yeah, they'll yeah. have the fluoride in the water, which ironically is what you know Adolf Hitler wanted to do because it's it's used in like what what is it the neuro yeah. it's yeah. bad uh, you know I, I'm I'm not a fan of fluoride in the water yeah. Um, yeah. and anyway so uh, we've we've got a thing that we um, that we put that into mm-hmm. uh, it's like this big jar that has mm-hmm. these filter mm-hmm. things yeah, yeah, and you yeah, pour yeah, it yeah. in and it, yeah, yeah. And, it yeah, yeah. and it filters through and then yeah. you turn on the spigot yeah. for it and and all that but no so um. So we'll boil uh, the water uh, for the tea on the stove, and yeah. you know, and I'll, yeah, I'll no. have the tea bags in the in the tea pitcher, and I'll pour yeah, them yeah. in. And if it's cold, that's what I'll do. Otherwise, I'll just heat up some water, 
like that and I'll just have the tea bag and, and pour it in the cup and, and whatnot. But yeah, I'm a big tea drinker, a big coffee drinker. I'm not like a soda person and all that. I've, I've drunk tea all just all my life. Um, you know, yeah. Lipton Earl Grey, all, all yeah. that. But but yeah. still, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, the stove takes a lot of energy and I mean, also in England, what they have at home, the thing you see is the electric kettle. Yeah, I think across Europe. Yeah, I'm all sure. across Europe, actually. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't put it on on the stove because like I said it's too energy in, intensive and it, it's faster it, and it's also faster so we use yeah. we use the electric kettle for getting water hot all the time I mean that's that's really neat that you know it's probably an American thing honestly so I have this <laughs> friend that is um, he lives in India and um, yeah. he actually has like this ministerial school and all that super sweet person from the moment he gets up to the moment he goes to bed he's helping these kids and going grocery shopping and all this stuff well so he comes over and he's staying at our house and it was cool because I got like some legit Indian food and um, <laughs> he was he was over here and he was telling me about how the cars are in India you know it's all kilometers and not miles per hour mm -hmm. and he's like how fast are you going now and you know and my car says on the speedometer like the conversion what it is. And he's like, you know, well, our cars will only go that fast. Well, I have a Volkswagen Turbo Beetle, a mm -hmm. 2013. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that turbo engine. It makes it, it makes it smooth, <laughs> but it also means I have to have the expensive gasoline. Mm -hmm. So um, I, uh, I'm like, really? Because he's like, well, what would it do if you went this fast? Would it even hold to the road? <laughs> and I, I looked around and it was like a straightaway and there was no no police officers there. <laughs> so I put the gas to the floor and I, I kicked it up to 120 miles per hour, which I don't know what that is in, in kilometers, but, but fast. Um, and he's like... <gasps> <laughs> you know and i'm like just just calm down <laughs> you know it's it's all right there i mean there's not a curb there's not a bump there's not a police officer uh you know but uh but yeah he's like well it sure holds to the road i'm like yes it does i think indian yeah. cities are too crowded to go fast yeah sure they yeah. sure are i mean it's the same with europe european cities you can't go that fast it's oh, impossible yeah. i mean there's so much traffic I mean, even yeah, uh, even on yeah. on the motorway. I mean, we have a speed limit on our motorways as well, yeah. so you can't go that fast. I mean, it's also a myth that you can go as fast as you like in Germany. That's not true. There are uh, certain areas where you're allowed to go as fast as you like, but it's not on all the motorways. That's that's simply not yeah. true. Yeah. But may I ask about your character, especially since I said before we yeah. came on for the recording. In your uh, series, God Walks the Dark Hills, you said it's a very dark, um, it's a very dark series, and your main character is forged through his dark experiences. But his character, where did you find him? Where did he come from? He came from the kingdom of Loengo, that is in Congo, Africa. So, of course, he goes into the slave trade. I'll, I'll tell a, a bit about the story and what happens. So, um, naturally, I was looking at where slave ports were in Africa, and um, not not as many in Congo. I just think that Congo, you think of a darker, scarier place when you think of mm -hmm. Congo, as mm -hmm. opposed to some of the other locales. So... Um, He gets captured and he goes, um, gets taken across a, a slave ship. Um, and there's there's this wicked man who abuses him in every horrible way. It's called the Albatross Dumar. That's the Albatross of the Sea. Uh, it's Portuguese. Uh, so he goes ahead and gets sold into the slavery into Cuba. 
and um, he fights in blood sport. There is a real thing where that supposedly happened, a martial art that's tied in with all of that. So that's where he's going to attain his hand-to-hand combat skill. Um, there is a man that eventually will come along and adopt him as a foster son who's the closest thing to the Jesus figure in that, which means I kill him off. <laughs> but, but he's, but he's, he's this, he's this shiny light. There's, there's nothing about this guy. That's not virtuous. Um, he, um, he uh, breeds horses, Arabians, yeah. um, cause they have one less rib. They can apparently breathe better and, and, and run farther and, and all that. So of course I'm studying up a little bit on horses so I can make that sound right. Um, that's all around New Orleans and everything. Um, I like that part of Louisiana. It's it's really cool. Um, it looks like a Scooby Doo episode. You got all the Spanish moss hanging from the trees. It's it's a lot of swamps. The whole state's like a swamp. It it looks really neat. But yeah, so the man dies. He goes to hunting down several people uh, mm-hmm. for for revenge. You know, it's got this whole like assassin thing going on. Um, people are hunting him. He's having to kill them. Then the American Civil War happens, and he sides with the Confederacy because that's that's where his roots are. And that was a lot of it too. This mm-hmm. this is the state where I was born. You know, uh, Virginia was a thing long before the United States was yeah. a thing. And you'll have yeah. people that are like, my family has been in Virginia this long, so they felt a loyalty to that. And that was a big thing that w- that was tried to be weeded out mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. that. That people wouldn't have as much like state loyalty as they would for the United States. You know, it's like if the United Nations said, no, you cannot be like a German nationalist or a what this nationalist or an Italian or whatever, you know, that we are Europe or, or, or whatever, you know, um, that it, that's what it is that, you know, come together because they had people saying, I'm going to side with Virginia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to side with, with where the majority of Tennessee goes, which the state was really, you know, mm-hmm. there, there was a split in Tennessee, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. East Tennessee around where I live. Mm-hmm. A lot of it did go with the, the Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Tennessee was full on Confederacy. There's like it's weird because you can look at a map and there's like one county. I think it's Union County, ironically, <laughs> up at the top of uh, East Tennessee. And um, it was like, you know, more Confederate. But even in those um, counties that went way more one way or the other, mm-hmm. kind of like if there was a presidential election, there's still people within it that it is brother against brother and all that, which made the war all the mm-hmm. all the more awful. You know, you were you were killing friends and family and everything. Um, I had family that fought on both sides, <laughs> and it, of course, being interested, I've I've looked into that. Um, only one of them died, and <laughs> he was um, it was in a Union prison. He was one of the Confederates. He got pneumonia in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the the prisons for the north and the south were both really like bad, kind of like open sewage running through them, <laughs> and and all that kind of you know thing, which that's that's absolutely terrible. Mm. But uh, yeah, so he he died in prison, but no, but no, nobody died on the battlefield that <laughs> I'm related to. Um, oddly enough, and he's not like one of the super close blood relatives or whatever, but I am related to General Robert E. Lee, which pe- mm. people after the war really loved those figures. I know that they get tried to paint it different nowadays. You know, Robert E. Lee and his wife, who was uh, George Washington's, you know, what granddaughter, yeah, yeah. um, they were illegally teaching slaves how to read because you weren't supposed to do that um and and all sorts of things so it was it's weird and and different whereas like grant 
um, kept his slave and said that if this war was to like set black people free, that he would give his sword to the South. So you had some very different viewpoints, but, but Robert E. Lee joined up because he was a Virginian, you know, mm-hmm. and Virginia was his home state. And that's mm-hmm. that he, he had a, had a thing with that. But yeah, my 11th uh, great cousin was his third great grandpa is the is the exact line mm. from that and you know so they they came over from mm-hmm, England mm-hmm, the the mm-hmm. Lees did uh, so so did the Blankenships mm-hmm. uh, you know <laughs> that's up in North that's up in Northumberland there's a there's a village called Blankensop and all all that but yeah that's that's where the Blankenship family <laughs> comes from comes from and I mean your character you said and it's Oh, developed in your book how he endures a lot of darkness and this darkness forges him and he struggles with what he does and why he does it because he's also in his heart of hearts he tries to be a believer a good christian yeah he and, he, and, uh, he starts that way yeah, yeah and then i get the impression he always he always struggles with what he does and yet he he wants to be on the good side, to be a faithful. good Christian, a faithful. Some, somewhat during during certain <laughs> books and everything, there's there's an internal struggle with that. I I feel like people overall tend to justify uh, the things that we do. You know, whether it's people have made us this way or or mm. whatever. Um, I felt like that was important to put into it about his raising, because um, during that time period, way way before that time period. Um, you know, people from Africa, it wasn't just like they were living under a rock. There yeah. were missionaries yeah. that had come in and taught Christianity. There were people that had came in and, and that there were Muslims in Africa. Mm-hmm. There were Muslims, there were Christians, there were, you know, all, all this, all this cultural stuff that you want to have some folks act like did not exist, totally existed there. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out that that was a thing in Congo, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's like, well, that would be good that his parents are Christians and I can have him that instilled in him. And then I can turn around and I can have people twisting certain verses in the Bible that certain people that were mm-hmm. proponents of slavery mm-hmm. uh, completely twisted and have them saying things that's not, you know, biblically mm-hmm. accurate at all. <laughs> Because how how is that? You know, I I wrote a uh, I wrote a short story in my book uh, Shut Up and Bleed, and um, it's uh, or no 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 not Shut Up and Bleed. I wrote it in a uh, anthology for another guy. It's called Headblown Extreme Horror Stories, and it's called A Sad Song. And there's a lot of disparaging things that happen to the Native Americans. So. I have this Native American woman that she's been raped, left for dead, mutilated, or breast him and cut off to make tobacco pouches out of them. That stuff really happened, by the way. Hor- horrible. Um, and she can hear the echo in her head, how some white man has said, God helps those who help themselves, which that's not in the Bible, and that's actually the opposite uh, completely. But people mm-hmm. can hear things that weigh on them, and they still, you know, they still take it as thus saith the Lord when it's like, <laughs> that's not in scripture at all but yeah. but you know that but they, they hear they hear things that way so i mean i just think that the cultural part of that that that's important you know how you know how different people looked yeah. at stuff so yeah when, when i come at it with that and that he was this way um and then these people are going ahead and they're taking the same bible that he's been taught but they're spinning it mm-hmm. you know in another direction 
Um, and, and, you know, and it, it's just like, what well, you know, what in the world? I mean, his, his mm-hmm. world is, is being messed up and everything. It affects him. And, you know, and in Cuba, he, he meets this, uh, this guy that's supposed to be a Christian guy. In fact, yeah. I named him Jesus. And I, I particularly did that because it's spelled the same way as Jesus. And he, he ain't Jesus at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you, you know, and, and I, I, there's a lot of people that I will paint like they're a good guy and it's surprised they're not, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, but uh, so yeah, it it does a lot to him. Um, mm. Yeah, his his faith gets hurt through it. And you know, in um, in God Walks the Dark Hills, there's there's a character that um, that's more of a redemptive uh, character. That he he's at the opposite spectrum of it, and he you know he changes you know for for the better as far as like Christendom uh, would would go. But you know some people walk towards one thing, some people walk away and, and life changes them. And it's their viewpoint of that. You know, if we went and saw the same movie, you know, you might think it's bad, I might think it's good, mm-hmm. whatever. It's the lens that we're looking through mm-hmm. that that changes it. You know, um the same rain pours on us both. Mm-hmm. But if it makes us stronger, if it destroys us, says more about like what we're we're founded on mm-hmm. than you know any anything else, and and how frail or strong that is. Mm. Do you think that what happened in the South, since we spoke a lot about the Civil War, um, makes it a better place for Gothic than the North? You know, I don't know. So so let me be real with you. So <laughs> my family largely are from the South. I was born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. Now, I've lived most of my life living here in East Tennessee since I was 14. You know, so the, the early mid-90s, uh, born in 81 in, in Toledo. So, I mean, I've I've been all up in the north. I've, I've traveled the country driving an 18-wheeler before, uh, you know, as well. So, I mean, I've seen a large part of, of the country. I mean, maybe uh, if, if I was going to do something that was kind of gothic, I would probably do it up in Massachusetts or something, and it would be in the 1700s or, or what have you, uh, as as opposed to the 1800s because it, it's more primitive back then. But yeah, there's there's a ruralness, you know, to the uh, to the South that um, that the North was more um, industrial and, and city like, and you know, and certainly you can have you know kind of a gothic you know, Oliver Twist kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing when you've got factories or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just a different culture uh, and, and tone and feeling altogether. Um, there's, a, there's a guy that I know that came down here for some uh, collegiate studies that is from uh, Norway. And uh, he was going down to this um, this particular uh, church that calls herself Christian Nationalist, and that, that probably sounds some some way nuts. You know, they're, they're patriotic and love America, and and, and Christians is, is what the, what they mean uh, by that. But you know, he he came down here, and he he's like, you know, it's it's really different than Norway and Tennessee. Everybody acts like they've known you their whole life. You know, they they wave. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, how how you doing? It's it's really neighborly. Up north is not like that mm. um, at at all. It's it's just not. You know, if, if somebody goes up to somebody there, <laughs> and all that, it's like, whoa, <laughs> well, I don't know you. You know, and down south, you just assume that you, that you know them. You know, somebody will call out in the grocery store or, or or whatever. You know, wave and and you know and and all that type of thing. So I mean, it's it's just a culturally different mm-hmm. thing, and you know, and and you have that everywhere. Um, there's a guy that I had met before that um, he was a uh, he was a missionary in England, and he said, you know, before any American ever thinks about being in a missionary to England, 
they need to live there for about a year and understand how things are done. You know, the the American way is almost just to be loud, I guess, <laughs> just to like scream across the room. And he said, you know, in England, people don't act that way. They'll go up and say, excuse me, can I talk to you for a minute? And and it's like, it's like more polite, you know, and if you're like, hey, it's like stupid (laughs) American. (laughs) You know, they're they're like, no, people don't act that way here. And it's it's that way everywhere that there's cultural stuff where it's, it's different, you know, if you're acting that way and you think, well, that's not rude where I come from. It's like, well, it's rude here. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it, it might be seen like that. Um, yeah. Do you think that, I mean, coming from, from Europe and, and having read a few horror books or, or seen a few few shows where this whole cultural combination of, like you said before, we have, you have the South, South, the South is different from the North and you have this culture from, from people who come from Africa. Like you said, New Orleans looks... Uh, a swamp, a swamp uh, area where it's it looks fa- uh, fascinating. We have Louisiana. We have this uh, complete different um, look at Christianity in the Santeria religion. This makes yeah. uh, for interesting stories, interesting plots. Is that is that also something that since it doesn't happen or it, do- it didn't happen in the north that makes it also easier to find. Your ideas, your plots for horror stories, do you think? I, I just think that there's a certain, um, I don't know, charm about that time period. And, you know, and just in writing Western horror, I, and, and I'm branching out and doing some more stuff. But, I mean, that is real heavy as to what I've, I've ever done. Uh, I was trying to be consistent with that, you know. So when I have, like, other books, uh, like Josie Wells, which isn't a horror thing, but it's still the same tone because mm-hmm. I have this man that'll wind up in it, and he's he's a Confederate protagonist-type mm-hmm. character. He's not even the main character in it. It's very much a coming-of-age story. Uh, a lot of people really like it. I have the Confederado, which mm-hmm. the main character is a bad guy. And I and what I wanted to do is I wanted to set him somewhere that felt really like alien. So I have him go to Oaxaca, Mexico, and you know, I just have it, you know, it's jungle pagany, you know, Central America stuff because that's that's, you know, people people don't really know anything about Oaxaca, Mexico from that time here. You know, you know that there's a cheese named after it because that's that's what they're known for. Um, I, I actually picked it because of the geography because they've got the cloud forests and, and everything there. I, I like the geography of it, that they had a lot of desert and foliage and, mm-hmm. and, and everything. So that's why I selected that. But I thought of how they did in like The Exorcist, that it's, it's scary because it's like foreign to me and I... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, something from a land far, far away that, mm-hmm. that I don't know anything about is encroaching, you know. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's weird that he uh, he comes riding upon this town that, you know, probably most readers aren't going to know anything about. Uh, by the way, I sell a good amount of books in Western Europe, and I, I, and mm-hmm. I love that. Um, uh, m- mostly it's, you know, most of my sales, like online are either in the United States or Western Europe. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot, you know, and, and then I'll, I'll hit like Australia or Canada, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, here, here or there, but yeah, uh, Germany, um, you know, the Netherlands, France, mm-hmm. England, I mean, mm-hmm. just all, all around yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, Poland, um, I'll, I'll go <laughs> ahead and get quite a, quite a bit of sales. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate there. There's an, a director that's out there. I can't think of his last name. Uh, Martin, he, um, he did, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look it up. 
uh, I, I know the name of the movie. It's one of my favorite movies, but he's, he's done some a Western horror movie that I really like a lot um, out there. And um, we've, we've had some conversations mm-hmm. and I actually mailed him uh, some books to mm-hmm. Austria for him to look at if he wanted to, uh, to convert some mm-hmm. short stories into film. Super, super mm-hmm. sweet guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I speak with him online a lot. So is there a big Western revival happening or was it never that really was gone? It never gone? It, it, it's always kind of been a thing. And, and honestly, as far as like the, the outlook or, or whatever of it goes, it's almost been like this nostalgic, like American thing, like the cowboy, you know, <laughs> he's wild and free, mm-hmm. just like America, even, even if it's not, even if it's propaganda, because you, mm-hmm. you know, all of that isn't like, that's not on the level, but yet it's, it's pushed. It's a narrative that mm-hmm. the cowboy is wild and free <laughs> and he's, he's, he's taming the savages and, and, and whatever. And, and that, that was in a very much an agenda that, um, that the United United States has, has tried to put, you know, that's, you know, that's just like, like us where that's not necessarily how cowboys really mm, were, mm, you yeah. know, like John Wayne or, or whatever, <laughs> but, but no, I, I mean, there's, there's a certain thing about yeah. it, you know, it's neat because they have a thing called red Westerns that, um, that Russia would make, uh, back in the day. And, um, it was basically like you, you bunch of cowboy jerks, you know, persecuting <laughs> American Indians. It was, it was like anti-American propaganda, uh. but, at the same time, true. <laughs> I, I mean, it's absolutely true. They're, they're, they're living here and, you know, we're going to make a promise and we're going to break it and we're going to yeah. make another treaty and then we're going to break mm-hmm. it. And then, you yeah. know, and just we're, we're, we're just going to kill you all and take everything that was <laughs> yeah. your, the, yeah. a, a lot of that went on. It's horrible, yeah. but a lot of that went on. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, that there's truth to that hugely. Mm-hmm. And, and there's been more, you know, things like that mm-hmm. that have been out lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we are somehow longing for this even if it wasn't true, for his freedom and for a simpler life. Mm. Maybe that's what speaks to us so much. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, in the other anthology, A Book Without a Name, the first oh. short story by you is about, a, let's say, not very nice man, it's quite dark, but it's written in the form of a poem. And yes. And what I find interesting is, reading a poem, I expect not such a dark story. Mm. You expect not such a dark story, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> I really like poetry, by the way. I, I really like poetry a lot. But yeah. It's, it's, it's dark stuff. Unusual. It's, yeah. it's also unusual. I mean, may I ask you a personal question then? When did Absolutely. your love for horror start? Okay, so when I was like a little boy, my mom would have horror movies on just like all the time. I don't mean like every day, day in or day out, but I, I mean like frequently, you know, it would be like Thanksgiving and she would have like a, a VHS tape where she'd recorded it off television of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho <laughs> or, um, or The Bad Seed, or I can't begin to tell you how many times I've seen Jaws. Uh, the hitchhiker, hider in the house, stranger in the house. You know, when a stranger calls, you know, have you checked on the children? And he's been like hiding under their bed. The psycho has, you know, ma'am, this is the police. The call's coming from your own house. So like all, yeah, all my life. I, I just think that there's a lot of tension and a lot of things that you can do 
with horror that it's not just like stuck in a box, but there's a lot of things that you can do with that. And I think that so many times it's something scarier that you don't necessarily know everything about. So you can kind of change vantage points or perspectives of it. You know, um, you hear something behind you, but you don't know what it is. That's, that's alarming. Um, it's alarming to feel like you're not in control. Mm. And I wonder, since you mentioned it was your mom who put on the, the films, my mom uh, loves to watch horror movies and she went to bed when she was watching uh, Silence of the Lambs. I said, why? Why did you not watch till the end? She said, it was boring. There wasn't enough blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there's there's different types and there's there's different um, different flavors and everything of yes. that. Yeah, I've, I've got a book without a name pulled up like the PDF if, if you're going through the stories of that. But yeah, there's there's a whole lot of different things in that. And I had so yeah. many wonderful writers um, yeah. come on board for that. But yeah, I've I've got um, I have some things that are kind of Easter eggs mm -hmm. to uh, my God Walks the Dark Hills thing, like the Lincoln Man, if mm -hmm. he shows up in them. Um, th there's that, I believe that I have beneath the dark puddle in that one, um, somewhere no, that, that might, no, I think that's in another book, but, um, that's, uh, that's going into the Catholic idiot gods, which is a thing that I invented, but there is a little bit of like Lovecrafty and something with that because he had some kind of thing like idiot God. And it was the, um, like uh, 1500s terminology of idiot that you don't have like a real station or position, not that you're stupid. You know, that's you know, the words they, you know, people tend to make them mean different things mm -hmm. over, over life. Yeah. Is, is H.P. Lovecraft uh, the author every horror author admires? I don't know. I know that he's inspired a lot of horror authors. He's inspired a lot of, um, a lot of metal bands and, um, And what have you? I um, I do have in that book that you mm -hmm. mentioned a book without mm -hmm. a name. Yeah, I, I said E. T. A. Hoffman. He uh, I have uh, the Sandman mm -hmm. in that. Um, you know, but yeah, he he was a fantastic writer. Um, not not American. You know, yeah. the original title was Der Sandman. You know, so it wasn't in English. Um, but yeah, he's mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But no, there's there's a lot of lot of wonderful um, writers out there. Mm -hmm. I like Cormac McCarthy a mm -hmm. lot. I like his, his style. I totally don't write the same style as him, but I like his style. And as a published author and a prolific author, what would be your advice for any other aspiring Western horror author out there? One of the best things that you can do is to get a really good editor. Uh, ed editing, it, it is so hard. When I write something, you know, and I mean, I've got this big vocabulary and all that, But I'll have it written wrong in front of me. But because I wrote it, I will read it the way, the way that it mm -hmm. should be. I will be looking at words that are misspelled, and I will not be catching them. Uh, you need a good editor. You you need somebody that will work with you that won't try and like change your author voice. You know, and, and I was paranoid about that because I thought that you know if I get some editor, they're going to go in and they're going to change the complete way that all of my sentences are worded. You know, I. I prefer to say like which instead of that or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And, and I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, you know, but no, I've got a fantastic mm -hmm. uh, editor. She, she does a great job. Her name's Dagan. And um, she's, she's outstanding. Uh, and a friend, uh, Megan Stockton. Um, she's an author, a mm -hmm. uh, wonderful author. She invite, uh, introduced me 
to Dagan and she was telling me how good of a job she did. And it's, it's hard. Um, I had had friends do it before that. It's just like, Hey, read this. And you know, um, it, it's just like anything, you know, that there's some people that are just better in this area or something. You need somebody that's really with it. That's really meticulous that sees all of those mistakes and all that, because you don't want the reader when they're looking through that, you know, it, it's just make it look like I'm literate. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we don't need a lot of mistakes there, but uh, yeah, mm. but she she's fantastic, and that, that's a that's a huge deal. Um, with me and with like writing, I've had a big background in music, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like pariahs in music. You know, people that are just there to take advantage of you and take your money, and they're really not gonna you're not mm-hmm. gonna get as much out of it as you as you put in. So you know, I've looked at a lot of things through the musician person's eyes. Um, also from the music perspective, I, I feel like touring does a lot, you know, you're showing up at conventions or Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. and you can sell stuff, especially if you, if you're like a talker and, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, somebody's walking by, you know, you're not like, I'm looking for my cell phone. You're not like sitting there in your cell phone or, 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 you (laughs) know, or, or whatever you, you interact with people. You're like, Hey, you know, boy, I like that blouse or, or, or whatever. Or do you like, do you like Western horror books or, or, or you're trying to just make a conversation and if they're just like, Hey, that's fine. And, you know, and it's just a couple mm-hmm. words and they, they walk on their way. That's okay. But you want to be engaging because you want them to come to your table. And if they're interested, they're interested. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one part of why I did the warning labels. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want people mm-hmm. to buy something that they're not happy with. Yeah. I don't want them to think it's something that it's not. But at the same time, warning labels sell to a certain audience. Mm. You know, it's like, this is so graphic and this is so <laughs> violent. And there will be somebody that's like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, they, and, they, and they love it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's people that are like, ooh. And I, I want that reaction from both of those people because I don't want people to buy something and be like off guard, not knowing what it was before they get it. So, oh. mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. There, there's things that I write that are suitable for most audiences. Um, Jody Walls, it's name change, uh, rides again. Um, that that's is like you know, if you're if you're a fifth grader, you can read that. I, what what I said is it's suitable if you're like a kid that's from the eighties. If you're like, <laughs> a little kid you know it's it's like whatever but but yeah it's um it's not this bloodbath that, that fills mm. profane or whatever like mm-hmm. through it um i have a science fiction series and that's because i was a special guest at a science fiction thing and it's like well my stuff's not really science fiction and i thought what could i write that would flow with this mm-hmm. and i i came up with an ideal that was so bad <laughs> that it was good and it is called it is called beca- because the the title causes people to buy it abraham lincoln burns in hell so what it's about mm-hmm. is it's about john wilkes booth traveling mm-hmm. interdimensionally to assassinate different tyrannical variants of abraham lincoln on alternate worlds <laughs> so so all all accusations of lincoln being a tyrant and i, I take you know different stuff from him in, in real life um uh Booth will go to another thing, kind of like Doctor Who or whatnot. Mm-hmm, He'll mm-hmm. go to another thing. The objective is easy: kill Lincoln. <laughs> you know, every, everywhere he goes. I, I mean, that, that's that's like it, it. It it's like an awful ideal, but at the same time, it's almost you know, wah, wah, wah. You, you know that he's he's just going after after this guy, killing him, uh, and and everything. And and for the record, John Wilkes Booth. You know, I mean, he was no saint. 
um, at, at all and everything that he thought and believed. But, you know, I, I thought that would be an interesting thing because mm-hmm. I've got all these Confederate protagonists and have him doing that. So there, there's three books out of that. And I mean, I don't know that there will be any more, but I have it kind of written like it's an ongoing thing and even touched down on, on where the other alternate uh, Earths mm-hmm. were that he would visit. So in book one, he goes to a uh, steampunk Earth and mm-hmm. book two, he goes to, uh, it, it's, um these are all in America. So it's steampunk Boston. And uh, book two, he is in what I would call a uh, French Revolution, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in book three, he goes to a solar punk Chicago, which that that's really advanced. Solar punk is huh. moving sidewalks, sound huh. weapons, neural disruptors, huh. all all that yeah, is as futury as as mm-hmm. it can be. Uh, Logan's Run. Kind, kind of stuff you know once you get so old we're gonna grind you up into plant food um it's it's the, it's Sun that it's cream. that kind it's that kind of yeah exactly it's that kind of earth that he goes into so it's um it looks pretty uh the, the you know it's like a veneer but it has yeah. this dark underbelly yeah because uh, mm-hmm. everybody's so happy they've got like music kind of piping out through speaker like like soft music mm-hmm. that'll make plants grow and <laughs> and and stuff like that but um you know yeah. human human life doesn't matter is yeah. is you know y- you know you're not made in the mm-hmm. image and the likeness of god you, you you're plant food mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's that's the world that uh that he goes to mm. For, for that one so i mean it's Tweaking. like everything's so peaceful yeah. everything's yeah. so nice but it's Ooh, but, too nice. but how is it really yeah i came here for a reason but yeah mm-hmm. um there so there's there's a lot of stuff and i talk about like a lunar punk thing and and a dread punk thing and and all that do you know what dread punk is do you know what all these all these like super niche subgenres are not really no i mean dread, steampunk, dread? steampunk yeah. yes but yeah Steampunk's one of the yeah. more popular ones. Yeah. Dread yeah. Punk, he writes the uh, the third book from the Dread Punk world, which is basically if you can think of like the ghouly Victorian England. So you've get, you've got Jack the Ripper and the mm-hmm. Wolfman and mm-hmm. and Dracula and all that, like in mm-hmm. this English mm-hmm. kind of set. Mm-hmm. That's the even though I, I don't think Dracula was really it was even in England thing. It was elsewhere. But uh, you, you know, n- nonetheless, it's mm-hmm. that type of mm-hmm. um, of mm-hmm. setting mm-hmm. for it. But yeah, a lunar punk. There's there's a thing with that. That's all the um, the um, bioluminescent plants and mm. magic mm-hmm. and, and and what have you. But okay. but yeah, he so he talks about going to different things like that. But but again, the point is always to kill Lincoln, and the, and they're. They're not the they're serials, by the way, so they're short. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they're not these like hardcore extreme mm-hmm. horror things. So you've got that. And then the most recent one of the most recent books that I came out with, which is totally different. Um, it's it's sold a few uh, already. It's it's not like up there's a huge thing. I just wanted to put it out. I mm-hmm. wrote like a series years and years ago it's illustrated the whole thing is illustrated mm, um it is called cold. it's called chronicles of the velveteen preacher that's what the whole series is okay. the dark city and world of sin and other woeful tales so if you like the poetry stuff if if anybody watching if you say i absolutely love dr seuss mm. and i absolutely love tim burton you you would like it um mm. it's um it is a very unloved ragdoll character that's based on a much younger me, and, <laughs> and um, 
you know, on the, on the front of it, he's holding a broken heart and he mm-hmm. just wants to be loved and everything goes bad, but it rhymes and it's illustrated and it's in like this very poem, you know, when I say Seuss, you know how it's, mm-hmm. how it's written, that things are going to rhyme. Um, so one page will rhyme with the other form. Um, you know, it's, it's not really at a tiny mm-hmm. kid like level you know, per se, it's got a few like bigger words in it. Like, um, like I have him riding the city bus and I, I call the bus an abomination mm-hmm. and I can say that he can smell the defecation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, cause they run, uh, but, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a very dismal, uh, thing like that. So it has three pretty well, like poem stories, mm-hmm. um, in it, what, like 20, 30 pages, something like that. It seems like I have a foreword and whatnot in it. And if it does well enough, there's a video game that he's mm-hmm. going to be in, by the way, too, that's, that's kind of slowly mm-hmm. in, in the works. It's, it's like pinball. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if it does well enough, there's plenty more of those to, uh, to go around. Uh, he lives in a world where it always rains because that's his perception of the world. He's, He's just sad, and all it's it's almost like Eeyore meets Casper the Friendly Ghost meets <laughs> I, I don't know what, but it's it's that type of, of character. Yeah, he lives on a in a cold dark house on a cold dark hill where no one loves him nor ever will, and um, and, and and so yeah, that's uh, he he's pretty melancholy. But yeah, it's um the uh, the artwork in in this book and and maybe. And the rest of them, I don't know. It's not per se black and white because it's not. It's more mm-hmm. like sepia and antique mm-hmm. uh, kind of tones, you know, browns mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's ever played like the game Bendy and the Ink Machine, it's colored like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like an old photograph from the 1800s. But but oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he the bus that he rides on, because I think that they're neat. They don't have them here in America. But it is a double decker bus because uh, I think it's yeah, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And what are your other plans for the future, BL? What oh, can your fans wow. look forward to? The, uh, there, there's several things. Um, I may have two anthologies may coming mm-hmm. out in um, in 2024. Okay. Um, I um, I'm wanting to finish the God Walks the Dark Hills mm-hmm. thing. I. I'm looking at two different novellas, one of which is a Western horror and then the other, and it, it's weird because it'll almost go into a drama. The name of it um, is a uh, Holy Ghost Exorcist. So it's uh, Christian horror, but it's like the demonic. And, and, and one of the anthologies, one of them will be Western horror and one will be Christian horror. Just because, let, let me just be real with you. Nobody has ever done it. And, and I'm taking open submissions for it. Um, it's called Give Them Hell. because because the the thing is in every mainstream movie that i can even think of every mainstream anything Mm -hmm. the the christian hell on hellfire and brimstone eternal damnation you know the fire's never quenched and the and the worm worm dieth not and 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 all that um it's not scary it's it's they're they're so inadequate that their work deserves to burn (laughs) um it's 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 bad um so you know i i went to see like um drag me to hell and i thought man this is going to be really scary and then they start going all like horror comedy on it but in a way that i was like it's really not that funny and people that people that are afraid of of the movie because there are some people that are afraid of it i think do, do you need to pray 
<laughs> why, why, why are you so aggravated by this not scary movie? The opening scene is absolutely brilliant. The opening scene sells that movie. And for anybody that doesn't like the end scene in the movie where the girl gets drugged to hell, it's been out a while. I think I can spoil that. Um, that, that was like one of the redemptive factors of it because it got so stupid um, <laughs> through, through, the, through the movie. But no, I, I was thinking this is going to be like a chick track. You know, that's the, a gospel track that it's it's that type of thing. Uh, I, I thought this is this is going to be awesome, and then I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> you know, like the the, wor- the the more I got into it, you know, because because I was, it's one of those things where the trailer's better than the film, and then there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff, you know. And I'm I'm not even going to really throw in South Park <laughs> with the, with, the, with the hell stuff and all that. But no, there, there's there's a lot of things where it's like it, it it's like a parody. It's it's like a cartoon. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I prefer the far sides version of it. You know, they, they have these people that are sitting on a bench and they've got like the flames around them. And there's like a devil with a with a pitchfork over there. And the one looks at the other and he says, I hate this place. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a better representation than than what they're doing. So, I mean, I have a few like extreme horror authors and it's like if you can. If you can't write this with the conviction that Mel Gibson wrote The Passion of the Christ, which historically was way worse than the movie that he made, historically it was, but people mm. aren't like visually, like internal, because it's like, was it really that bad? It was worse. Yeah. You know, they didn't show him ripping out his, his beard. Uh, it, it, historically, Jesus wasn't even recognizable as a man, like a person. He, I mean, he was, he was this bloody, you know, heap of, of flesh. Historically, mm-hmm. they hung him naked on the cross to, yeah. to um, you know, to, to, to be disgraceful to him and, and all kinds of things that aren't on there. But when you watch that movie, it feels real. You know, mm-hmm. he does it. He does it justice. It It's not a few cat scratches. And it's like, this is what it would look like if you got flailed mm-hmm. by a professional yep. Roman soldier. Um, the Romans were really, really good at killing people <laughs> in barbaric yep. ways. Uh, Christians, yep. Druids, on and on and on and on. You know, they, they burnt the, the Druids alive. They're like, you like to you like to sacrifice kids to a tree and uh, melt their fat down for a candle and put it in a gourd. Mm-hmm. That's where jack-o'-lanterns come from. Uh, you, yeah. you like to do that, huh? It's yeah. like, well, wait, do you see what? We, but no, they yeah. were they were they were fantastic at killing people, and it was it was really yeah. really brutal. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, but, you know, Ro- Rome was really brutal. Yeah, 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 yeah indeed, yeah. it was, and they took they took their uh, their ideas from other uh, nations as well. I mean, the crucifixion from the Persians. No, yeah, not no fun. It was no fun, and like it, you said, he, he and they improved it. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't have been fun, and it was the, one of the most horrible ways to die, it because slow. you drown, yeah, and you drown eternally, yeah, yeah, because that's that's how you die for hours and hours. It oh, goes yeah. on and on, yeah. It, 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 it was, yeah, it's not nicer. a fast death. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Awful. Now, now, like medically, the the diagnosis that I've heard that like actual medical people that that's their thing that they have a degree and all that. Yeah. As they say reg- regarding like like Christ and the crucifixion, yeah. where they stabbed him and blood and water came out, yeah. is that his heart would have exploded in his chest, and that's mm. what would have caused yeah. that. So I'm I mean, you're, we're talking violent death. Yeah. He was yeah. given the thing yeah. with the vinegar, which would have been a painkiller, which he he refused. Um, so I mean, it is torturous okay. yeah. and, and everything as can be. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're writing extreme, really, regardless of what it is, mm. you know, really write extreme and um, the American Civil War or hell yeah. or whatever, um, that it 
it kind of hands it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not it's not hard to make something that's that's truly bad. Yeah. You, you know, being being invaded, having yeah. having innocent people killed, burning forever, you know, whatever. It's it's not hard to make that sound absolutely terrible mm. because every single one of those concepts, ju- ju- just the suggestion of any one of those concepts, it's like that's absolutely awful. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It is absolutely. Yeah, true. BL, is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? Uh, my my work is available all over online. Where mm-hmm. where you can find links to it is through mm-hmm. Linktree. Uh, mm-hmm. Http col- uh, s colon slash slash l i n k t r dot e e forward slash Western Horror. They're sold pretty much everywhere that you can get books online. They're sold all over Amazon. You know what's weird on Amazon? They're on Amazon. Dot com. They're mm-hmm. on Amazon UK. What dot mm-hmm. co is it? Their co after that. They're on Amazon DE. Mm-hmm. They're they're on on all these different Amazons. Mm-hmm. They're not on the Japanese Amazon. I don't know why I'm not on the <laughs> Japanese. I'm I am like every Amazon that that they list for everywhere in the world but Japan. And I'm like, this is exactly why I'm not getting any sell. Not a single sell from Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that America and Europe love me mm-hmm. and, yeah. and Australia. Yeah, because on the German Amazon, I mean, we have a book free. No, let me see. The the one you mentioned, the Abraham Lincoln Burns in Hell one. It says you one and three. I can't yeah, see now, two. The thing, the thing with Amazon, specifically Amazon for that, and I don't know what the glitch is. There is some other book that has the same ISBN number, even though ah. it doesn't, but that's on Amazon okay. that has that. So it is available widely, but you would have to go to some major books. I don't even mm. know all of the different names for mm-hmm. them, but mm-hmm. some major book site that's not okay. Amazon to find number two, but okay. it totally is out there and the cover okay. looks absolutely amazing. I had mm-hmm. this great artist to do that for me. But yeah, but number mm-hmm. number two is out there. Okay. Amazon is like the only place that does not have number mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder Strange. how that yeah. works. Anyway. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Teacup, any more questions for our guest? Nope. Nope. You're horrified enough as it is. Yep. <laughs> okay. You, y'all, y'all have inspired me to look into like an electric kettle. I'm like, I've, I've got to find what this is. Biel, let me thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You did enjoy this episode as much as we did? Then hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you like to support us and buy us a coffee, you can do so via Buy Me Coffee and other platforms. You can find all the necessary links in the description. Until next time.